Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Hello, everybody. This is the Smart Connector, Jane Baylor, and I'm here with a fantastic guest tonight. It's Daphne DeLucci. Welcome, Daphne. Oh, hi. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here. So Daphne is such an exciting guest for us. She's a a brand and PR expert and a film producer, and she's just written a book called Brand Clever. So we're going to spend a lot of time this evening talking about about brand and how, as an entrepreneur, you can improve your your uh, brand and evolve your brand, even if you have very little resources or you're just starting out. So we're going to have a great discussion tonight. Um, first of all, Daphne, I'd I'd love to just uh, let you introduce yourself in your own words. And I also just wanted to say that if you have any questions for Daphne, we are live on the group. So please just put them into the chat and we'll answer any questions that you have. Over to you. Yeah, well, lovely to be here. And hello, everybody. Uh, So lovely to be here. Um, Well, because without you, I I wouldn't have anything to to do, would I? (laughs) It's all about helping people. Um, Yes, so I'm a brand design and PR expert. So I have been in the media all my life. Um, and I started at a very early age, and I was always already working with big brands in my early 20s, um, like Jägermeister and Polylady and working on global filming and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, and I actually never looked looked for it. It always found me, <laughs> uh, which is just wonderful. I'm so grateful for that. Anyway, this evening, um, I really welcome any questions you might have about branding, design, business strategy, or film in any way, because um, the idea is this this interview should be for you guys. That's right. Um, so, Daphne, you've got uh, some very exciting projects that you're working on uh, at the moment. Uh, would you like to tell our viewers and listeners about them, first of all? Um, well, the main one, the star of the show at the minute, has to go out to the legend, um, or about the legend, Stephen Gillen. Um, and he's an author, he's written the book, Monkey Puzzle Tree. Um, now, when we first started uh, getting this book together, um, and I, uh, Stephen actually is my life partner, as well as my business partner, um, but I've done, you know, I do the branding and I do a lot of work behind Stephen and, and a lot of design. Now, the thing is some design, design is a huge topic, but, you know, I've been a global international commercial designer for, gosh, 28 years now. Mm-hmm. So designing and brand at that level, you look at things in a different way. So um, I was able to really um, design that a beautiful book cover for Stephen and all the things he needed, logos and whatever. Anyway, this book is now all over the world. We have uh, we've done an amazing job on the press. Um, and now we wake up like the other day we woke up and we were actually traveling and we had a press release in in Italy (laughs) and it's like where are we going to be next and that was a big surprise Um, and even more exciting we actually um, we're creating a film 
and it's in pre-production. Uh, we're just um, now wrestling with the script uh, because, you know, to take the book and then turn it into film, um, that takes some doing. But also, the thing is, I do get a bit growly sometimes because I have to remind people that Stephen actually is alive and he's in the room and he's living history. Uh, because on more of a serious note, uh, when you are looking after somebody's brand, you know, it's they're real people with real lives. So, you know, you have to take responsibility, duty of care, I call it. Yeah, um, but we are very, very happy about this because um, we're really working kind of on the arc of redemption uh, because Stephen actually found himself back to himself. But that gives a really good story to kind of get into. Um, and he's a really good person and incredibly talented writer. Um, like some people, they take two days to do copies. Stephen will can do it literally in like, I don't know, 10 minutes. He's very good at that. But we all have something great, all, every one of us. But Stephen's thing is the writing thing. Um, yeah, now we're in pre-production. We've got um, some really, we've got Kieran Suchet, who's who's doing the script. Um, and we've got Rosetta Royce. She's an incredible uh, director and producer. And she's you know sorting out all the film. And we've got other people in the background who are just amazing. Um, but what feels good right now, especially in this difficult time, is actually to be creating projects that are giving other people work as well, mm -hmm. you know, and that we keep the creative force, you know, charging ahead. Yes. Yeah, but we, this is, the, you know, we started off with a monkey puzzle tree um, and creating that and we were pushing it. Now we have to run after it. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like you've created this thing uh it's definitely got wings yes and i should probably say for our viewers and listeners that i interviewed Stephen a while back and the thing that was really captivating for me is that he is somebody who um was a, a very famous career criminal he was an armed robber and he spent uh, a long time locked up in maximum security prisons and he came out and he's basically um, an international um, peace ambassador and really a bit of a superstar now. So this film and the book is the culmination of that. And he's a very, very humble guy. And, you know, I, I love crime. I'm very, very, um, it's one of my hobbies, should we say. I love crime, reading uh, true crime or watching uh, crime series on TV. So actually interviewing Stephen was absolutely fascinating. And um, just hearing his story and witnessing his transformation. I mean, to go from being um, basically a very ser serious career criminal to somebody who is an international peace ambassador, an author, and, um, you know, has a, a movie being made about his life is, it's very unusual and very special. So, um, so anyway, we're, we're going to be, I'm going to be interviewing Stephen again, because obviously we've got so much to talk about there. But, um, you know, just, uh, it's just great to be able to meet you um, as well, Daphne, and, and just talk to you about, about what you've been up to and how you got to how your career evolved as well in, in PR and design and so on. So I'd love to hear about your history and all of the, all the brands that you've worked on as well. 
Yeah, that's that's lovely. And um, the thing is, with Stephen's background in crime, it's very, very interesting because um, we all talk about people, places and things. And sometimes you can be the right person can be in the wrong place. And um, and I think that's very much what happened to Stephen. He, you know, he always had a very good heart, but he found himself in perilous situations. Um, so that the only people around him were some very tough crime people. So that became his family. Um, mm -hmm. But you know what? It's like you meet people for a reason, a season or for life. And Stephen's done the work. And if anything that he might have done in the past, he certainly paid the price for more than once. Um, mm -hmm. His story is incredibly tough. But, you know, it's about um, not where you've been, it's where you're going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I think that's the kind of inspiring message because uh, perhaps uh, we all make mistakes, but maybe some of us haven't made should we say, uh, sort of catastrophic mistakes that land us in a terrible situation like being in a maximum security prison. Now, um, I know some people might be moralistic about that, but, uh, you know, he, he, he freely admits himself, doesn't he, that he, he got off to a bad start and he got on the wrong side of the tracks and he did all the wrong things and he owns his truth in that respect. Um, and as you said, he's paid the price. But uh, I think the interesting thing, and I think this is the thing that inspires people, is that he has he hasn't just bounced back, but I mean he's bounced back in an, quite an incredible way. And I, for one, am really, really looking forward to that to that movie when it comes out. Oh yeah, it's going to be very, very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And also, I think another thing that is so powerful about this story too. It actually makes people look at, um, you know, the journey of life for many people. And a lot of people don't understand what a category a prisoner is and what they have to contend with. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a very dangerous place um, yeah. because it's like people have all sorts of ideas about uh, prison. And there are some people in prison who absolutely need to be there and stay there. Um, but the kind of thing Stephen had to do is used to put kind of uh, magazines or books around his uh, tummy and, you know, around his vital organs just to go for a walk around the block. So it gets very, very serious. But the thing is, like I say, you know, behind every brand, there is a person. So it's about looking after people. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed. So um, let's just talk for a moment about about PR, Daphne, because that is your speciality. We were having a chat before the podcast started. And obviously, that that's my world and my my background as well. I mean, I ran an, an international design agency myself for, you know, quite some time. And I worked for global advertising agencies. And I've seen the true value of PR. Um, so in terms of actually uh, getting getting your brand out there and getting into magazines on TV, obviously, you know, Stevens uh, attracted, uh, you know, a lot of press, a lot of press for his story. Um, what what is the what has been the impact of that commercially? What what is the reason that entrepreneurs should take PR seriously? Well, there's a few things. So let's just unpack it a little bit. The thing is, before anybody kind of goes out to the world 
on in the newspaper, on the radio, TV, and a magazine. I do believe that it has to be authentic. Well, it's not I believe, I absolutely know this mm -hmm. is a truth. That you have to do two true stories and you have to be real, you have to be authentic. So that's the first law. <laughs> because yeah. the thing is you can't play games and mess around. And the thing is, you know what? The most valuable thing you will have is your name. Mm -hmm. So you have to be authentic. And then you, if you're going to use, you know, your name of your product or your company or yourself, very valuable IP. So you have to get that first. But when you're authentic and then the next thing is you have to have a value exchange. And this mm -hmm. is why I see there's a lot of pain in the media, uh, because some people might like a lot of attention, which comes more from ego. Um, so there's not an exchange. It's like, oh, look at me, look at me. Well, yes, we can look at you, but then what? <laughs> it's about enriching relationships. Okay, so so when you're authentic, you've got you're telling the truth. And the next thing is about having a really good story and a value exchange. Now, for example, with Stephen's story, um, there's a lot of value to to give and to share because you're sharing experience, you're sharing hope. You're sharing redemption. Um, mm -hmm. So Stephen's very humble, very brave, because he puts himself up and says, look, this is me, this is the whole truth, and this is what happened. Um, so therefore, people can connect with that. Now, people are, and human beings are very, very clever. And the thing is, they can see nonsense. They might not say that's nonsense, but they see it. They really mm -hmm. do. Um, and the thing is, in our, in our, you know, in our... Um, press suite and, and how we work with clients you know we we call it a uh, true media yeah just true media it has to be true and authentic and a value exchange so for example the the stuff that we put out is very very um it's very potent because people devour devour it because it has so mm -hmm. much value so for anybody out there you know they can just even if say there's there's somebody sitting there, I don't know, in their mother's bed entrepreneur, then pick up the pen and write a good story about, you know, a newsworthy story and offer some value to the world. That is a good start. Yeah. You know? Um, I also do know what there's now on, on Google, it's amazing who you can research. <laughs> you can find all sorts of people to write to. Um, but you should be writing to the people who would be interested in that story you know mm -hmm. um and i found kind of like um just by chance i found a a, a book about cleaning um mm -hmm. and and you know cleaning is, is is very necessary and i love it when everything's clean and i'm a bit of a cleaner myself however there's a book about cleaning this woman's book went absolutely viral because she was so real she had a real story to tell you see, mm. so this is how people can um, start. And it's very important, too, that when you kind of niche it down and make it very simple. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I actually I've done quite a lot of work on um, the concept of story and on my own story. And I've done quite a lot of practice. And so I've actually had some training on on, you know, pit moments and high points and all the rest of it. And I think. The problem that a lot of people have when they're telling their story is actually, you know, if you have, you know, if you've, you've 
had a bit of a life, then you've got multiple pit moments and high points. And it's actually been selective uh, because it's too much for people to take in your, you know, six high points or six uh, pit moments. If you're just meeting somebody for the first time, I mean, it's different, obviously, if you're writing a book. So, uh, Daphne, what advice would you give somebody who wants to tell their story, who wants to bring their story to the world and create value for the world um, in terms of actually uh, selecting the right things to talk about? Well, this is like so easy. <laughs> okay. You start off with the beginning, middle and end. And the thing is, the beginning should should be the hook and really fascinating. And the middle, you put the meat and potatoes and everything delicious. And then the end should lead on to something. And the end should also pull through like a thread, the beginning and the middle. So it comes together beautifully. Now, the thing is, it's a good idea to kind of, write something out and then record it and play it back. And then you have to ask yourself and be very, very honest. Will this put you to sleep personally or do you find it exciting? Right now, most people really know they know whether it's good or not. And I think it's uh, you can be your own worst critic, but, it, you know, you have to be very honest with yourself. And if you can't really see that or do that yourself, you know, WhatsApp is amazing. You can start up a little group, five or six friends or 10 friends. You can put out your little story and say, look, can you be my test group? Because actually I've got no idea how I'm coming across. Mm -hmm. And then because yeah. public, other people will tell you. And you should encourage them to tell you the truth. Yeah? Yes. And that's the thing. With media and press, don't mess around with some fluffy story because mm -hmm. it's either going to fizzle out or come and hit you in the face like a spade. Um, and the thing is, it's like when you're talking about yourself or writing about yourself, most people don't find that very easy. So it's a good idea to get people like you and me to do it for them mm -hmm. or Stephen or somebody like that, because we have got a different perspective. We'll look at somebody in a different way. Um, but I think we have to be careful with with stories, because the thing is, if, if you people have sad stories, if you keep selling a as telling a sad story and writing a sad story you keep that story alive so we're mm -hmm. all about inspirational stories you know so for example in a business if there's a, a, a business journey story then we are looking for innovation and inspiration and the next steps and how that business is going to come to fruition in some way not mm -hmm. saying oh well there was a covid and then there's a thing no we, we yes of course that's relevant but that it has to be full-bodied end on a high point yeah and also and ask people to to interact with you mm. you know like uh, give them an opportunity to connect with you or offer them something give something yes, yeah? yes. it's amazing are you trying yeah. to give things away it's amazing you can't give things away <laughs> yeah 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 uh, actually, um, Daphne, I used to uh, run a little children's um, education company. And one, I used to write some materials for it sometimes. And I just found it quite fun. So uh, when I used to teach um, creative writing to children, I used to, to, they used to say that the teachers at school, they'd say, well, tell a story, start at the beginning. The beginning is, you know, and then, then they would start the story so I was walking down the road one day when and then it's like 
I said to them, you've got to start at the most exciting part of the story. Exactly. So never mind you were walking down the road to the sea and it was a rough day and, uh, you know, this, there were lots of waves and big waves and there was a storming. No, you don't want any of that. You start off in the water. You start off in the water when you're about to drown. And that is the bit. That's the hook, isn't it? And so I, I always um, think that um, if you are telling a story, that you have to immediately connect with people's emotions and grab them through through emotion, really. Um, and do you, would you agree with that? Do you think that? Well, and I think that but I love what we're both saying, and I'm really enjoying the conversation. But the thing is, it's not just sitting down writing the story. And um, for anybody that's writing any kind of copy, whether it's copy, commercial copy for PR or branding or anything, or a book or that, or whether it's just writing a letter, or, um, it's a good idea just to, first of all, make a little mind map of what your story is about mm. and write some notes and actually structure what you're going to do before you start writing. And in other people, what they do, they, they want to be really perfect. So they actually never write anything because they've got to wait till the office is tidy. The kids have gone away for the week and I don't know what else has to happen. There's, um, I love to do it the Japanese way. I think Japanese try to do things just for five minutes. <laughs> and if you start just for five minutes, maybe something comes, maybe it doesn't. But it's about doing. It's always about doing. So I think, um, and also that what you're saying about actually go in, take people into the story. Like, you know, the thunderbolt hit the, the light, uh, uh, hit the tower. Yeah. There was a huge explosion. Yeah. Everybody looks so stunned. Okay. It's not like once upon a time. It's like you go yeah. right for it. But the thing is, these things, it requires practice sometimes. And, you know, I would just encourage everybody to have fun with it. Um, and another thing, we are so freaking lucky these days. We have these mobile phony things. Uh, and you can record things. So when you're out and about, you can just record and, and just, you know, put some ideas down and then listen back to your ideas mm. um, and, and then create. It's all about creating and doing and yeah. practice. Yes, yes. So I actually went out to L.A. last last year uh, with this guy. Uh, Ted, I went and did a little program with this guy called Ted McGrath. And he's actually having a uh, movie made in Hollywood. He lives in Hollywood. Um, but he he basically, he's, he's an actor. That's his, his pastime, as well as obviously being a, a trainer. And so he wrote this one-man play called um, Good Enough. And it's all about his story of, you know, being this kind of incredible sort of hotshot broker in New York and, and uh, you know, thinking that he was the bee's knees, but at the same time covering up this uh, insecurity from when his parents got divorced and he spiralled down into addiction and nearly killed himself. And, you know, the whole story is, is there and he enacts it as a one-man play. And this is it's actually being turned into a movie. And so his training programme, a lot of it is about story and it's about telling your story and about connecting through emotion. And I think so many people are just not aware of the power of that. 
Um, and, you know, since I did that program, I, I often uh, think about it. In fact, I'm working on something at the moment that is also about connecting through emotion. And it's the most powerful, it's the most powerful way, isn't it, to have an impact on people and get them to pay attention. Absolutely. And the thing is, if we all kind of um, kind of connect with ourselves, you'll often have an emotion first before you have a thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think by writing stories and writing, it's a very good and wonderful way to connect with yourself. Because Definitely. nowadays, um, a computer screen seems to be a whole life. You know, you're, mm. you're, you're relaxing, watching something, you're emailing, you're writing, you're creating, you're being interviewed, <laughs> you're talking to the kids abroad, whatever it is you're doing. Um, yeah. And the thing is, what can happen? And then it's just so much, so much more data that we're actually processing through our, through our mind, body, heart and souls. And the thing is, what can happen to a human that actually you don't realise how you feel about anything? No. And I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think that is very, very common today, because I mean, I think particularly with with men, men are taught to suppress their emotions. And I do quite a lot of coaching. So um, I do talk about this with my one to one clients. And um, quite often we'll start talking about the business stuff and then we'll get really personal and we will really kind of get into it and start talking about very meaningful stuff. And um, I think that a lot of men, they almost need permission to be emotional and actually really talk about what really, really matters. Whereas I think perhaps us women, you know, we, we, we're just brought up differently. We don't necessarily find, find the same way. But as you said, when you layer in the complexity of um, social media and, and our lives today and how busy they are, then it's very easy just to say emotions have no place in this world and what a sad world it is without feeling an, an emotion really it's just yeah even painful emotion has its place it, that's very true what you're saying i totally i totally agree um but i think there's something to talk about here which is perhaps not obvious <clears throat> because life is moving so fast is that nowadays our relationships have changed Mm -hmm. they've they've changed like men and women's relationships have changed so now it's kind of you've got you can have couples who the woman is very you know male energy and the guy quite feminine and these these variants um are really confusing people and the thing is, is it's very difficult to see where the boundaries are so actually humans are going in uncharted territory right now with this um, so I do know that it's very, very important to kind of check in with your feelings and check in with your emotions. And actually just writing in a journal away from the computer is a very good idea because mm. by doing that, you can figure things out yourself before you go talking to people. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes when you talk things out, you don't realise how you yeah. feel about something. Yeah, yeah. That might be a little bit i don't know tender or you just want to you just mm. do it for yourself and then that's yeah. very empowering for men or women yes yes we've, we've got a question come through um daphne so it's so true about emotions many many companies sell their products through emotion what do you think is the best way to evoke emotion 
Oh, the thing is, it's a, oh gosh, no, emotion is such a lovely thing to work with when selling products. <laughs> and, and I also do, it's like, um, oh, there's a fair few things. Well, I'm always using emotion for things. But for example, last year, was it this year? Where are we? Was it this year? I think it was this year. Yeah, it was this year. Um, I did a wonderful film for an artist. Um, and she actually had a film made already, but she said, oh, I don't. I don't look like me and I heard that you do stuff. Anyway, um, she does, she creates lenticulars. Anyway, one of her um, kind of images was David Bowie. Mm. That was amazing because the emotion that I could create with that was a lot of nostalgia. Mm. Uh, a lot of a lot of people thinking, oh, Bowie, oh, the red. And I even had, uh, I did some very clever um uh, a very clever uh, photo shoot um, while we were also doing the filming of the artist laying on a chair with her legs up in the air with red shoes on. Mm. So of course, the brain's thinking, put on your red shoes and dance blues. And the thing is, so the thing is, it's so much nostalgia. Now, and also then I brought in the, um, and then I made two films. I made one of her uh, reminiscing about her family and especially her father who created, who actually inspired her so much. And she is so, I, you know, she was so happy. She gave me one of these amazing pictures. They're like cost of fortune. Um, um, but also too, then she got um, her art, got put in every every art shop up and down the country of one particular brand. Um, so that emotional trigger really, really worked. Um, mm. Another time there was um, a clothing brand and uh, this was sustainable clothing. Now, sustainable clothing does not sound romantic because it's actually not. Uh, anyway, I did a lovely film for that where this beautiful girl actually gets um, a beautiful box. And in the, you know, in the old days, um, kind of like in the 50s, you know, things used to get wrapped up in tissue paper and big boxes and it was so glamorous and beautiful and the woman felt beautiful. Uh, I mean, I wasn't, didn't exist then wasn't even thought however I've watched the movies and I love it I'm such romantic anyway so I I put this lovely box together with tissue in it and I use the emotion of the girl just exploding with joy opening this box and when people watch it and I kind of lead up to it so it's like you're not quite sure and then oh, there's this surprise and, and does it work of course it does but it goes back to what I said in the beginning of the interview. It's about being authentic and original and telling the truth. So whatever the product is, I don't know what the products are for anybody. There's always an emotion. Um, even, for example, um, even kind of um, mystery is emotion. Some people love mystery. And you like mystery because you like crime films. This is mystique and mystery, and, and mystique and mystery is a, an emotional trigger. Mm. Well, well, I mean, I'm obviously, talking about emotions and triggers, and so I'm mm. not going to say anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about it all. Yeah. So, so having worked in advertising um, and brand, you know, design and and so on myself, it's all about emotion. It really is, and. What happens is um, when you layer uh, different senses, so when you, you layer a powerful verbal message with a visual message and even music, um, then 
it becomes super powerful, which is why ad advertisements um, like high budget advertisements or even like pop videos or whatever, you know, they they have such an impact on us because really it's just hitting our emotions from all sides. That That's what a good ad does. Um, so brands are emotional. They just are. And that's why when people get involved in that world, it becomes so it's very addictive and very exciting and, and uh, very fun because, you know, when we feel emotion, we feel alive, don't we? Oh, of course, of course, absolutely. But I think also, too, there's something important here where there's a lot of talk out in the world about branding and PR and media and all this mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but it's a very complex world. And so you have to be careful who you who you choose to work with, because mm. really you want to be choosing somebody that can see you. Yeah, you know, because, you know, you know, when um, like, for example, I think even the Beatles have said to some people in the past, big mistake, you didn't sign us because you couldn't see us. Yeah. And that's the thing. So when, oh, when yeah. you, you have to help you, you have to be able to see to see what it is mm. otherwise you can't even do the emotion yes you can create something that's captivating but mm. it isn't necessarily going to have it's not going to have that wow and where it really takes off mm. now, i don't like for example but you're so right about music too like i think mcdonald's um i'm not a particular fan of mcdonald's but i do love it when they were getting like a lot of hard press and a lot of criticism and there were lots of people investigating whether the food was really good or really bad. Um, and you, you'll all have your opinions about that. Um, but then they came up and they rebranded with, oh, I'm loving it. Yeah. And yeah. Because, oh, I'm loving it. You know, a nice, like, gooey milkshake. That's probably really bad for you. <laughs> but the song's nice. Yeah. So, you know, these are kind of emotional hooks again. And therefore, you know, there's two sides to every coin. You have to also be careful with what you're being programmed with um, and careful what you're programming others. But when you come from authentic and it's a good thing, mm. then you'll, you'll always be in a good place. Yes. And I think what's uh, also worth saying is that emotion can be used in a Machiavellian way. So it can be manipulative and emotion is always used to sell because that is why people that's what triggers people to buy they buy on emotion they buy on uh, i mean i'm doing something at the moment i'm actually working through a script for a webinar and i'm following a structure and you have to they say well you have to connect with people's frustration and pain otherwise they're not going to buy so you have to know what the pain of your client is uh, or your ideal client and actually speak directly to it so that they know that you understand their problem and that you have a solution to it because then just not going to buy if you say you are um, a wonderful business owner and you know we know how great your business is and we want it to go from good to great that's not as powerful a message as saying you know the the opposite that I actually understand how you feel when you know when you're not saying this to anybody else, but I know how you feel. And if, if you feel understood, well, you know, you're going to connect and then you're going to be more likely to buy. 
but it there has to be truth in it as you said there has to be authenticity and when you're manipulating people i think today uh you know everything is so transparent that people just see through it and it's uh, ugly i don't know how you feel about that well i think that what you're saying is wonderful for many reasons especially i call it the machiavellian effect now the thing is there is a lot of um a lot of society is actually based on machiavellian stuff and actually power playing power and the thing mm. is when you get into kind of the big big business and the big mm. big contracts and the big mm. big stuff yeah the more, money, the more people the more machiavellian oh, yeah. behavior that there mm. will be um, and also you know like and, and and even if you think of, i mean i love architecture i've got a big design and build history but like if you think about a cathedral why is it built so hugely to make you feel like a little ant you are nothing. <laughs> you are a little ant. <laughs> you see, that's programming. They don't. They didn't buy. They didn't make little churches so you'd feel comfortable and at one with it all. So you see, when you actually research and actually use your common sense, it's like the more you look, the more you see. Um, mm. But I think going back, what well, another thing I love what you said is about you know people's pain. Now, where there is pain and where there is problems, there's always money because people need solutions. And this mm. is what I said before, you know, if you're going to put out a story or you have a press release, it's about a value exchange. So if yes. you have a problem and my strength is much stronger than yours and I can help you, well, mm -hmm. let me help you because then what that will do, free you up to do what you're good at. Indeed. Yeah, and everybody harmonizes and moves forward um, yes. but this is why i think also to sketching things out and, and getting kind of first of all have a dialogue with your own thoughts and and have an honest look and another thing too um i lived a long time in germany and over there they don't suffer fools gladly and they say how it is they're very very clear people um, yes and that's the thing we shouldn't we shouldn't dodge a problem or we shouldn't not not deal with stuff you know, if there's like some horrible problem, we don't need to talk about it and go and get some help. Like putting your head in the sand isn't going to work. And actually it feels great. You know, if there's some awful thing where you've got stomach ache and you think, oh my God, and you know, you're all upset, deal with it. And then it's amazing what can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is just um, everybody has challenges. Whatever the situation in life, they have different challenges at different times. And the minute one challenge disappears, another one comes to take its place. And that's what the human experience. So really, um, you know, you can call it a challenge or you can call it a pain. But once we have that challenge in front of us, then we start looking for answers, don't we? And, you know, unless we're just completely sort of in survival mode, we will spend money in order to um, to remove that challenge and get us on to the, the next level of our of our growth and development, because that's what we do as humans. So and it's, a wise, and it's a wise thing to do. I mean, the thing is, it's like if there's a you know, there's kind of like, for example, you're driving and you've got a flat, flat tire. You have to buy a new one. 
You mm. can't not buy a new one. You have to do it. And then mm. you get it, you think, oh, I'm going to get four. And then suddenly it's all better. And I think sometimes it's about uh, we can overthink things. Um, mm. And I also would encourage people to invest in themselves mm. and give themselves what they need to succeed. Because I've seen some so many wonderful people where they're going. Some people, they, they haven't got there. And other people, you know, they're willing to kind of just put their hand up and say, okay, let's have a bit of coaching. Or, you know, can you write me a press release? Or who do you know? And also, too, with money is an interesting thing. You know, there's also value exchanges. You can, you know, maybe you give a service to someone and they can give, do a swapsies. You know, it's uh, it's about being resourceful. And we've all had to be resourceful. And we all will always have to be resourceful in some ways. That's life. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I heard somebody say recently that one of the biggest um, problems that most people have. Oh, I remember it was uh, Nick Bradley who's a friend of mine. He interviewed. He has a, a really good podcast as well called Scale Up Your Business. And he was interviewing uh, a guy and he was a fixer. And he was saying, um, you know, one of the biggest problems that people have, everybody has, is they don't actually ask for what they want. And I thought that was that kind of triggered something in me because I thought, you know what, I think he's I think he's right. You know, first of all, we have to admit what we want, what we really, really want, as the Spice Girls would say. And then we have to ask other people for it. And how often do we do that in business? I thought that was an interesting... Um, no, that's interesting. That's absolutely um, vital. It's mm. vital. But the thing is, you have to connect to self first. And that's why I think it's like... A, I love one of my favourite books is um, The Nine Habits of Successful People by Stephen Covey. One of my favourite books because he says, sharpen the saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that book too. Look after yourself. Take some time out. Yeah. Go for a walk. Get away. Because the thing is, you your your mind is is uh, can get so full and you don't realize it. Uh, Especially, you know, nice people tend to really want to please a lot, and they don't realize they're getting like maybe close to burnout. Um, You know, it takes a little bit of time, or even going to sleep. Now, I also like um, a lot of people that I help. I will suggest they go to bed at 10 o'clock. Then they might not be very popular with people that want them to stay up to 12 or 1. But it makes a huge I mean, amount of difference. Yeah, really? 10 o'clock for a week, you will see life-changing things happen. Really? Um, well, because, yeah, because what happens when we go into a deeper sleep, um, we get something that's called growth hormone, which repairs everything, and especially um. the brain. And with the growth hormone, it also helps to you know, vitalize and regenerate all the organs. When the organs are working, everything else will work. We've got more energy. We can look so much better. And oh, that's really? just going to sleep. And it's like free. Go to sleep. You can be in bed at 10, go to sleep at 11, and do that for a week. Life will change. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I think I need you in my life, Daphne, because oh, uh, yeah. I'm one of those people that, like, last night I was, like, uh, looking at my phone and it was like oh 12 30 and i'm on facebook and it was like no that is not a good thing to well, be done. i'm in your life now so i could check oh, yeah. Yeah, I, think- I know i know 
where this all comes from with me, like I said, for a long time, I was, uh, you know, I went from brand film, then I went into the design and build. And actually, I'm a, actually um, a lighting designer, a very capable one. So it's about, mm -hmm. and I know a lot about lighting. And the thing is with humans, we are, what is very us is the blue light on the TVs and the computers. Mm -hmm. So it really is a good idea to switch that stuff off. Uh, yes. And it will have candlelight. Or if you're going to watch the telly, you can wear yeah. kind of red or orange sunglasses. But it, the thing is, our minds our minds can't do what it needs to do because we're magical human beings. We Our bodies will do these things. Um, and why I was so interested in it, or always have been and am, is it's about the healing properties because I believe that your environment should support and heal you and nurture you. Not yeah, well, well. I just needed to be told that because I've got into some quite bad habits over lockdown. And one of them, I mean, I know we're not technically in lockdown anymore, but I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's life has changed. And um, one of my habits has been to stay up much later. So I need to be told that. Thank you. Well, I'm inviting you to be a detective and try it out. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. And are you listening, everybody? Everybody else? We want you to uh, go to bed by 10 o'clock on Daphne's orders. Yeah, at 10 o'clock. But the thing is, it's just like it's just sleep. Honestly, oh my God. Dan, Dan said 2 a.m. is my usual sleeping time. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, people don't realize how awful they feel. Um, and Stephen, he was somebody that just didn't sleep. And, and now uh, people now, they say, God, you're looking so well and you've got so much energy. And I go, well, that's because he's going to sleep. <laughs> Um, yeah. And now the thing is, I do understand what it's like because when I lived um, in in Düsseldorf in Germany, um, quite often I would work all day, go home, put the kids to bed, come back to the office, work all night, go home, get the kids up, work all day. So I'd work a day, a whole night, and a day. Oof. So I really pushed it. So mm. I know it's very tempting to be very busy. <laughs> Yeah. but the thing is your life is more important and people need you you know so yeah. people need you and you're needed yeah. you're needed in the world and right now this world needs all of you that are listening to do the best mm -hmm. because we have to really get our world back so and be strong for other people exactly and you're all needed you know we're not you know we can't not have Jane there, what would we do? Because <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I mean, gosh, you know, people would miss me, I hope. They would. <laughs> they would, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, um, I will definitely bear that in mind. And I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us tonight, um, Daphne. It's just been such a pleasure and a privilege. We've had such an interesting um, conversation. And thank you so much again. Um, it's been great. Oh, very, very welcome. And also, you know, um, if anyone wants to kind of check me out or or find out more, um, yeah. it's very easy to find me, DaphneDelucci.com. That's a website. Email Daphne at DaphneDelucci.com. I kind of, I, I follow myself everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. But, you know, I love to hear from people. Um, and actually, I would like to know, you know, who's going to sleep? Who feels better? There we go. Yeah, that's right. So, so we'd love to hear that. So let us know. 
And uh, Daphne, your, your book, Brand Clever, when's that coming out? That will be out to buy in the spring. Um, it's nearly done. But uh, the monkey puzzle tree is uh, taken over that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the monkey puzzle tree is getting the, great the attention. Um, and that's easy to get. Oh, and also, too, if, if people want a special signed copy by Stephen with a message in it, simply go to his website, stephengillen.com, uh, and you can you can buy a copy there. And um, it's just the, the price of the book and the postage, and then he puts a special message, uh, and we send it out. So all true, true crime fans. And as I said, this is going to be an incredible uh, movie as well. So, you know, he's a he's a bit of a star already, really, Stephen. So that's a great offer. Thank you so much, Daphne. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. OK, see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.